Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! And then it was October. Crazy how fast the first month of the football season flew flew by. But here we are, and we're officially into the heart of fall. Welcome in. Nuanas now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Feeling refreshed on this here Monday. Gosh, last weekend I was just a complete zombie on uh, Sunday. I didn't get home until 7 a.m. from Ogden, Utah. And, uh... Then I only slept for three hours, and I woke up, and I, I should have gone back to sleep. I wanted to have a day of it. More, more specifically, I just wanted to watch the NFL. So I ended up having a normal day, and it just kicked my butt all week. This week, see, this is why football games should kick off between 1 and 2 p.m. In bed before midnight on Saturday night. How about that? Great weekend on my uh, part. Hopefully you had a great weekend as well. This is Nuanas Now. I am Coulter Nuanas. We're coming to you. Through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Missoula Broadcasting is locally owned and operated for more than 15 years. And happy to say so. Ton to get to today. The Grizz coming off a homecoming victory. The Bobcats coming off a homecoming victory. A whole bunch of other great games in the Big Sky Conference. Some near upsets, but actually nary an upset. We thought this week was going to be all the haves versus all the have-nots in the league, with the exception of Idaho and Eastern. That was a top-20 matchup between number four Vandals and, and number 19 Eastern, and it lived up to the billing. Idaho won that one, 44-36. But a bunch of the other matchups looked like they weren't going to be very good, and then all of a sudden, Weber State-Northern Colorado was a good game. Sac State-NAU was a great game. 
UC Davis, Cal Poly, eh, but Davis maybe didn't blow out Cal Poly like maybe you would expect. And so that sets up then this weekend. Only one Montana school in action. The Cats are on a bye. We'll get to where they stand right now at the probably exactly midpoint of their season. And also, Montana, right in the ship a little bit, beat Idaho State on Saturday. Some would say in a lackluster fashion. I think the Grizz turned the corner in a few areas. Not ready to anoint them as world beaters or national championship contenders or anything like that yet, but I do think that they established an identity. Uh, They showed a little guts, and uh, they finished out a a much-improved Idaho State team. And now that sets up the game in Davis, California on Saturday afternoon. The Grizz playing down in Davis for the first time since 2019. First time these two schools have played, period, since 2019. Oh, the joys of the Big Sky Conference schedule. So we will break down... Everything we saw over the weekend, whether it was Montana's uh, eight-point win over Idaho State, Montana State's 38-22 win over Portland State, the rest of the Big Sky Conference scoreboard. We also have some sound bites for you from Brent Vegan of MSU, Bobby Halk of Montana, Cody Hawkins of Idaho State, Derek Snell of Montana State, Brody Greeby of Montana State, Corbin Walker, and Clifton McDowell of Montana. That's all part of the Montana Football Hour, a jam-packed and Big Sky Conference exclusive Montana Football Hour here to get things started off. And then hour number two, we'll get into all things NFL. Coach Marty Mornaweg will be in studio with us. It's the Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. And uh, we'll get through a whole bunch of different storylines from around the NFL, including some overreactions. I love how much we can and do overreact to the NFL. We're only four games in. There's all sorts of different things you could talk about and bloviate about, and so we'll do exactly that, and then we'll get you set up for Monday Night Football uh, this evening uh, between the uh, Seattle Seahawks and uh, the uh, New York Football Giants. Giants were a playoff team last year. They won a game in the playoffs, actually. They beat the hapless Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota. But the Giants have looked awful this year at times, especially when they've been on primetime TV. The Seahawks have looked okay. They pulled a couple games out. Their defense has given up points in bunches. The Seahawks, uh, though, I think, well, I know they are the favorite. I think they should be the favorite tonight. So we'll get into that as well, maybe give you some betting advice. So there's your show outlook. You want to stream the show, you always can, 1029ESPN.com or on the ESPN MT app. If you want to be a part of the show, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. And all guests will join us via the Rankins Brothers RV phone line. Best of the weekend. First of all, I went to the uh, Montana Free Press Party on Friday night in association with The Pulp. The Pulp is a new independent news organization in Missoula. It's founded by a couple folks that did a lot of great work at the Missoula Independent. I've been waiting for a chance to say something about this, they have officially launched, and they had a big fundraiser, and they raised the $40,000 that they needed for their fundraising goal to get this thing off the ground. If you're not familiar with the Montana Free Press, well, I think it's a very important organization. It's founded by John Adams, and John Adams is somebody that I look up to a lot. He, I mean, he founded this independent news organization as a way, first and foremost, to cover Helena, to cover the capital city When it comes to the legislature, the Montana Senate and House of Representatives, the governor's office, and all that goes into statewide politics here in Montana. What's since grown, and now they're covering education, they're covering um, higher education, they're covering 
the environment, they're covering politics, they're covering a whole bunch of stuff. And I know it sounds romanticized and cliche, but I mean, truly, a, a free press, freedom of information, and, and journalism in the name of accountability for those that are in power are essential. Not, not necessary, not just wanted, but essential parts of democracy. And I think those guys are doing a great job. I think the documentary Dark Money that John Adams put together, that's all about um, just some of the ins and outs and, and some of the, the super PAC uh, and lobbyist-oriented spending when it comes to elections and, and so much of what has turned our political process on its ear. It's a very important documentary. It's very well done. And to see where John Adams and his crew have come from, where he first started this thing as an independent journalist, basically living in his car so he could afford it, to then building it up and having all these great people working for him, including a lot of my former classmates, a lot of my former colleagues from various newspapers that I worked at uh, are in and around Montana. It's cool to see. And then he had this new organization, The Pulp. And I think that a lot of us that are from here, from Missoula, from Western Montana, we we battle with one of the most wonderful parts of the Missoula community is how welcoming it is. How it's such a community-oriented place. It's a place where the community engages with each other all the time. It's like it's my brother's famous line. He always says. Anybody and everybody, you're welcome here as long as you want to participate. Participate in what makes Missoula great. We don't want to change it. We don't want to make it something else. It's certainly always there's room for growth. There's room to improve no matter what sort of city, town, organization, person that you are. There's always room to improve. But so much of what makes Missoula unique is things that we need to uphold, you know, the the community engagement, the discourse that you can find at so many different coffee shops and pubs and, and all these different places, the creative minds that gravitate towards this place because it is such a fulfilling place that also has a certain element of uh, wild to it. It has a certain element of uniqueness to it. There, there's all sorts of different factors that make Missoula awesome. But one of the reasons why The Independent was such a great news organization in Missoula is it did such a great job of explaining all those things. I mean, I'm sure you've seen the bumper sticker or you've heard the the, the 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 old saying, keep Missoula weird, right? Well, what makes Missoula weird? Why is it so spectacularly weird? And I mean that in the best way. Well, the Independent did such a great job of telling those stories for years and years and years and years. And so when it went away, there was this huge void in the community. Well, that's what the pulp, at least in part, is hoping to, to fill is that void. And then if we have people that are moving to Missoula, great. Like I always say, come on, let's go. That's all good. But make an engaged effort to understand what Missoula is all about. So anyways, I went to this party, the Montana Free Press, uh, on behalf of the pulp. They were helping raise money. I got to see a whole bunch of my old journalism colleagues, got to talk about the nuts and bolts of journalism. And uh, it was very refreshing and, and cool for me. I mean, in our role here, we certainly are journalists. We certainly like to put a spotlight on certain things that make this community cool. Most of them sports-oriented things, young people in our community accomplishing great things. But also, so much of our hard-hitting news days are behind us. And, and that's not necessarily a choice as much as it has been just a necessity in order to 
keep the revenue stream flowing and, and all that sort of stuff. Make no mistake, I, I, I pride myself on my interview skills. We pride ourselves on our interview abilities. We certainly try to uh, ask fair yet hard-hitting questions when the moments arise. But it was just cool to see people that are still really dedicated to the craft of journalism and that truly uh, want that to be an important part of this community. So that was my best of the weekend, was going to that, seeing a whole bunch of uh, old colleagues, seeing that everybody's doing well. And it made me happy because the demise of, of newspapers has been one of the saddest things in my life. Uh, it certainly led me to stand in here in front of you, and that in itself is a blessing. I, I couldn't be more thankful for it. Love doing radio. Uh, love working at Missoula Broadcasting Company. But in my heart of hearts, if you would have told me what would you want to do for your whole life, I wanted to be a sports writer at a newspaper. That's what I wanted to do. I achieved that goal when I was 19, and I got to work in newspapers for a, a while, considering my age. Worked in newspapers until I was 26. But then it all the bottom just kind of fell out, and I, and I realized what was coming. And there's still newspapers, and I think the newspapers in Montana still do a great job, despite their limited resources. But the thing that makes journalism important but the are the people and the people that are willing to do it the people that are dedicated to the craft seeing those people and seeing that there is hope on the horizon there is the uh the future for a you know multiple independent news organizations that are serving their communities uh, that was certainly my best of the weekend it was also a fun weekend of football all the games didn't necessarily go chalk like we expected although there wasn't really any quote unquote upsets all the higher ranked teams did win but they were closer than uh, maybe uh, maybe the pundits would have projected. And the best part was the three marquee games in the league. The Montana schools are always going to be in the marquee games when it comes to our um, platform here and, and the way we cover stuff. But both Montana and Montana State kicked off their homecoming games at two, as did Idaho. So most of the games were in the books in a decent hour, and then I got to watch the Sac State Northern Arizona game late night uh, while I was putting all the stuff together for Skyline Sports. So got in bed before midnight on Saturday night. That was also uh, my best of the weekend. Also, great job by the guys on the other side of the glass. They were doing, like, triple duty. We had college game day on Saturday morning. Uh, Andrew then Andrew Houghton helped then cover the Grizz game in the afternoon. That's football. And then he went over to produce on behalf of Jeff Safford as Grizz Hockey made their home debut on Saturday evening. The Grizz hockey team, a 5-1 win over the University of Utah. Uh, Jeff sounded great on the mic. The production quality was awesome, so good job by those guys as well. And we'll have Grizz hockey for you home and away on the radio and on the ESPN MT app all season long. You want us now, if you want to be a part of the show, 406-888-1029. Let's dive into the Montana Football Hour, probably presented by Dazzler's Car Wash uh, of Missoula. The Bobcats... 38-22 victory over Portland State, but it was a good game. Portland State was in this thing. They were actually winning in the second quarter. Dante Sachere's second rushing touchdown put Portland State ahead in the second quarter. Uh, I think it was 14-7, to maybe 13-7, because I think they missed an extra point. Um, the Cats were able to then retake the lead. They were up 17-14 at halftime, but then great adjustments both offensively and defensively in the second half. The Cats were able to overcome the second week in a row, one of their inside linebackers got thrown out for targeting. I understand this rule, but I don't understand the way this rule is enforced. I, I thought that Danny Eulalikapa getting tossed at Weber State, I thought that was a legitimate targeting call. I thought Nolan Askelson getting tossed against Portland State was completely illegitimate. 
Sashere was up, running upfield. He was trying to slide. Askelson was already going for the tackle. He ended up kind of hitting him high, but he didn't really even hit him. He gets tossed from the game. I'm sure the Cats are going to appeal it. And they might, ha- they might have a chance to win it, not just because I think it's a, a viable case, but also because they got to buy this week. So the legal actually have two weeks to decide whether Askelson is suspended for the first half of their next game, which comes on October 14th uh, against Cal Poly. All that said, the Cats made great adjustments defensively to corral Portland State and their electric running quarterback. They were able to stem the tide enough to then put a couple scores on the board to to bridge the gap. And they also made phenomenal adjustments offensively. The Cats rushed for 83 yards in the first half. They rushed for 223 yards in the second half. And they go over 300 again. This team is averaging 325 yards per game on the ground through five games. That's the most in the United States of America at the FCS level by almost 50 full yards. Crazy. There was like a couple hanger-ons teams that were still running the triple option. So they were always going to compete with the Cats for the the national rushing title just because they were running the ball 55, 60, 65 times a game. Well, Cal Poly's not running the triple option anymore. I don't know um, about Dayton. Do we know if Dayton is still running the triple option? They were for uh, a half a minute. I don't know if they still are. The is Citad- Davidson? Davidson, excuse me. Yeah. yeah. Davidson, are they still running the triple option? I don't think they are. And then the Citadel has always been a triple option team, too. I'm not sure if they are either. So pretty much there isn't a triple option team, which means that the Cats are probably going to lead the, the country in rushing for uh, the foreseeable future. They've honestly, like, warped my brain in how I evaluate rushing. It used to be that you had, like, these golden numbers, right? 250 yards rushing was an outstanding day. 300 yards rushing was an epic day. 350 yards rushing is a historic day. 400 yards rushing, you're probably setting some sort of record. And 450 is, like, another world. Well, over the last couple years, between the Jeff Choate teams that were really good running the ball in 2018 and 19, and these last two, I guess these last three Bobcat teams... These guys are going for 350 like it's their job. I mean, it's it's such easy money. You used to think five yards a carry, great. Six yards a carry, unbelievable. Seven yards per carry, historic. These guys are going on their second year now, averaging seven yards a carry as a team. They got multiple ball carriers that are averaging double-digit yards per carry. On Saturday, their 315 yards rushing came on 30 carries. That's 11.3 yards per carry. Crazy the way that they're running the ball. I think, though, that more than anything, the narrative around this Bobcat program is not how they're doing it in terms of the, the nuts and bolts, but it's the attitude they're operating with. It's It's been a rare thing to watch teams and programs ascend to the point where they truly know that everybody wants to knock them off. They're getting everybody's best shot. Stuff is going to go weird. It's going to go wrong. But if you stay the course, you make the right, right adjustments, but more importantly, you believe then you're almost certainly going to find a way to win, and that's what Montana State has done since Brent Vegan took over. The only other two like groups, teams that I've covered that are really, really, truly like this were the mid to late 2000s Grizz, where no matter how they played or no matter what went right or what went wrong, they found a way to win. It's the, it's the late 2000s Grizz, the mid to late 2010s version of Eastern Washington, and now this version the last three or four years, but particularly the last two years, of the Montana State Bobcats. Pretty impressive that the way that they were able able to make the right adjustments, weather the storm, 
and then pull away from Portland State. Here's Brent Vegan. This is general thoughts following his team's 38-22 win over Portland State. Their drives in that first half, um, credit to a couple of their playmakers for sure, but we made some untimely penalties. So I think it was really just dialing a few things on it and on defense. Um, you know, offensively, you know, they were they're all down in there. So it was a matter of, you know, what can we do to um, to break free? I know Sean had the long run. Um, Jared had the long run. Um, in particular, you know, sometimes it doesn't have to be a, a pass over the top. It's just a run that can split them. Um, and we did that a couple times. So, no, I, I think our guys, you know, there was no panic. Um, and, and you just uh, you stay with it. You, you move forward. You don't dwell on it was 17, 14 and a half. Um, and we were in game. And that was good. That was good for us to get tested today. I appreciate vegan, Brent Vegan saying that uh, it was good for the uh, the Bobcats to get tested today as well. Nuanas now, ESPN Radio, the Montana Football Hour, presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. On the Grizz side of things, they changed quarterbacks again. I'm finally on Andrew Houghton's page for them to be able to have success offensively, even if it's not going to be glitz and glam and throwing it all over the place and you know nothing sexy about it. I do think Montana has to find an offensive identity. And when Clifton McDowell is the guy at quarterback, they have one. Again, I I do think it, in certain ways, takes away from the accentuation of some of their best offensive skill talent. But that said, if they play with McDowell at quarterback and they put a high priority on the inside zone and zone read option games, and then they they make the throws really easy for McDowell, just throw it out to the perimeter. Get it to Aaron Fonts. Get it to Keelan White. Get it to Junior Bergen. I do think that's the best chance for the Grizz to win. More importantly, though, it's the best way for them to have an identity offensively. We'll get into the ins and outs of all of that, but that's exactly what they did. They were clinging to a 21-20 lead early in the fourth quarter against Idaho State. They get the ball back. They had two different plays that should have been first downs. They were called back then for penalties. They had a holding penalty and an egregious crackback block personal foul penalty. That gave them a, a, a third and 19 Eli Gilman gets 17, but they are sitting there at fourth and two. Then they run the fake punt. Uh, Travis Benham hits Garrett Graves. They get a first down, and then they run the ball six more times. And boom, Gilman punches in a three-yard touchdown, which proves to be the difference. Montana wins 28-20 over Idaho State. Here's Bobby Houck, his general comments following uh, his team's first Big Sky Conference victory. Well, we're certainly uh, excited to be 4-1 and one and get a big win on homecoming. Uh, it was a great game. Uh, you know, it, it was uh, it was kind of a fun game to be a part of. Uh, there are a lot of things going on. I thought our guys really did a great job um, taking some uh, change at halftime and doing a few things differently and going out and taking the win. So good by our guys. I'm proud of our team and certainly excited to uh, to get our fourth win. Idaho State, it's, it's amazing the perspective you can have as a program. Montana's sitting here at 4-1. and one. Yeah, I think a lot of people that follow the Big Sky and a lot of people that are Grizz diehards are still wondering if this team is actually a true contender for a Big Sky title. Uh, and I think most people think they're still a couple steps, if not a long ways away, from competing for a national title. Yet they're still 4-1 and one at number 17 in the country. I know State's 1-4, and four, and I think anybody in their fan base is sitting there thinking, well, this team's a lot better than they have been. They're a lot better defensively. They run to the ball a lot better. They're playing with a lot more physicality defensively. And, oh, by the way, they have a sweet quarterback in Jordan Cook. I was so impressed with Cook. I, t- I told Andrew in the press box at least five times. I was like, man, I can't believe how good this guy is. He's got a sweet arm. He throws from multiple arm angles. He's an absolute gunner. He's an absolute baller. 
And uh, he is going to give Idaho State a chance. I think he rallies them in a, a pretty impressive fashion. I think he gives everybody on their team confidence. And even though Idaho State's 1-4, and four, I think the Bengals uh, have a lot to be hopeful for. I, d- I don't know what the ceiling is for the program overall, but I certainly think that this is a great transition from what they were a year ago, no question. That was a disaster under Charlie Regal. They had everything bad going wrong. They had talent deficiencies. They had operational deficiencies. They had their coach quitting on the players. And then in turn, the players quitting on the coach. It was bad, 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 bad last year at Idaho State. I think Hawkins has a, a bright future there. And uh, you'll see why. He came on the show here last week live. And, uh, I mean, he was just spitting fire. He is a honest, honest guy that doesn't hold any punches. He's the youngest coach in the league. Just turned 35 years old. And uh, I think he certainly uh, has uh, a lot of potential as a head coach. And uh, if anybody could do it at Idaho State, I think it's this guy. So here's Cody Hawkins. Just a couple thoughts after his team's 28-20 to loss in Missoula. I'm always super proud of the effort that our guys give. Um, you know, you see that every day, the way that these guys have worked, the way that they bonded together. I'm super disappointed that I couldn't give the guys what they deserve today. You know, as a coach, you want to give guys smiles. You want to be able to give them results. But at the same time, you understand that the world, it's while the world wants results, all success is process-oriented. And if you look at the process through today, I mean, we just uh, turned the ball over on offense, uh, probably had too many penalties on defense, and then uh, had some big misses on special teams that hurt us. And to continue to battle back, you're super proud of the, the camaraderie that you saw, the competitiveness that you saw. There's a lot of fight in our guys, but there's a lot to clean up, too. So while we have a lot of young guys, as we continue to gain experience throughout the season, you can't continue to use youth as an excuse. And I think a lot of things that we saw are totally correctable. I'm pissed that we have to correct them and that those things happen. But um, just, you're super proud to, to be the coach here and to have the opportunity to be around such great young men. When you guys got the game to 21-20, was that a designed fake PAT to go for two? Uh, I'll say that it was, yes. It wasn't. No, it was a bad snap. We dropped it. Yeah. With all the love in my heart, I'm not trying to. Yeah. No, you would you'd love to make it 21 21 because hopefully on a fake, you have somebody go out for a route. Yeah, not just. As much as I love Jake Sanders, he's not going to run a two point play by himself. The fake punt, the, the Montana red, what did you see there? What, how did that... I mean, I saw us not cover the slot, uh, which we knew we had to do. So obviously the guy was covering him. He'd love to communicate a little bit better that we have to cover that guy. But I mean, there's nobody who's a little who's more detailed and competitive than Jihad Brown. And, um, you know, it's a tough play. Uh, you wish we would have been able to kind of coach him into that right, right scenario. But we didn't prepare him as well as we need to for that scenario. Uh, great call by Bobby. I mean, he's a special teams guru. You know, they're always going to have that stuff in the bag and uh yeah it was a great call by them i mean that's what you got to do in football games they went to they went and won the game well, that play was great number 17 did you expect him at quarterback i know they played both guys yeah i mean if you watched the game last week you knew that they were going to try and run the ball more and 17 being you know the biggest tailback in the conference i think he's a he can throw well enough to do good stuff and i think ideally probably for them when they envisioned him coming here it's that hey sam plays and clint you know, comes in and does a lot of that Wildcat stuff. Running quarterback gives him an experienced uh, element as well. But I know how the people up here in Montana are. And if you look at what our defense has been vulnerable to and what Montana tried to do last week, you knew that they, I mean, they probably thought about putting Osmo back there and just having him play quarterback. I mean, they wanted to run the ball this game to win, and they made enough plays throwing that we couldn't capitalize on. But, uh, yeah, Montana's got two fantastic quarterbacks. They both have different styles. And we kind of figured if they were going to run the ball, Clint was going to play. 
Coach, what can you say about your quarterback? His poise uh, coming in here, not a lot of experience and playing as well as he did. Yeah, like I said, I, I told Jordan before the game, we, we knew he was going to have to play a little more. And just so you guys know, the way that game went is not an indictment on Hunter Hayes. I love that kid. But just knowing that, hey, you're going to throw it a whole lot, and I don't know if a lot of the quarterback run stuff is going to be great against Montana because they're bigger and they're doing a lot of funk up front. But I, I told Jordan and I told uh, the team, they're like, listen, like Jordan is on his fifth college football game, his tenth college football game ever, including junior college, and he only played five in high school. Like, this guy's super young. But he's growing with every snap. And is he perfect? Absolutely not. But we're going to love him through all those growing moments. And, I, you know, he was crushed at the end of the game. He's bummed, and he's putting that on his shoulders, which is totally wrong. Everybody in that locker room believes in our guys. We love him. We're going to see him growing all the time. And I told him before the game, hey, man, like, you have permission to freak out. But you also have permission from me to know, hey, when you're out there, look around at Wash Grizz. Like, look how far you've come. Take a deep breath. Just let it rip, and what happens, happens. Jordan Cook, only his 15th football game. Not college game, football game ever. Only played five in high school, five at Diablo Valley Junior College, and that's his fifth college game. Uh, I think Idaho State found themselves a diamond in the rough. Montana Football Hour, probably presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. Treat your car like it deserves to be treated at Dazzler's. We're not quite to winter yet. I don't want to wish the time away, but it's October, which means in Montana, snow could come at any time. Truly, snow could be on the horizon the next couple weeks. I'm not wishing it to be here, but when it gets all snowy and they put the de-icer on the road, you don't want that on the undercarriage of your car. It's going to mess up the paint job. It's going to devalue your car. It's going to rust it all out. So treat your car like it deserves to be treated. Get yourself an unlimited car wash package at Dazzler's Car Wash. You want to try out Dazzler's Car Wash? How about 50 bucks? Two Dazzlers. They're right next to us here on Radio Way. We got a $50 gift card for you if you call right now. 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Call right now. We got a $50 gift card for you. Caller number 5, 888-1029. We'll dive deep. Three big things about the Cats. Three big things about the Grizz. Next. Keep it right here. You want us now. ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. When it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice. And that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, We handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days. And that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultelaw.com. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Nuwana's Now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. It's the Montana Football Hour, presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. Congratulations to our lucky winner, $50 gift card each Montana Football Hour. 2-1 lucky winner, so be sure to always tune in on Mondays. You want to keep your car sparkling, shiny, clean. 
Treat your car like it deserves to be treated at Dazzler's Car Wash. Here's your Big Sky scoreboard from the weekend. Third ranked Montana State beats Portland State 38-22. Cats up to number two this week because North Dakota State lost 24-19 to South Dakota in Fargo. Not South Dakota State, South Dakota in Fargo. So that is a rare loss. Uh, usually NDSU only loses to South Dakota State. That's it. <laughs> and they lost to South Dakota. That's the first time South Dakota beat, has beat North Dakota State in, I don't even know how long, really long time. So the Cats up one spot to number two. Idaho beats Eastern Washington 44-36, so the uh, Vandals keep on rolling. Sac State, they had to hold on for dear life, but they post a 31-30 win over Northern Arizona. That was in Sacramento. NAU, man, you talk about the, the emergence of a young quarterback galvanizing a team since they put Adam DeMonte in the starting lineup. NAU's looked great. I mean, they beat, they beat Montana handily in Flagstaff and then almost knock off Sac State. So NAU maybe a team that we misevaluated. Maybe they're a little better than we think. We'll get to that here a little later on. Weber State did not look good at all. They're down uh, 21-7 to Northern Colorado. But then Jacob Sermon threw a couple picks, and uh, Winston Reed's pick six with about two minutes to go. The deciding touchdown as Weber State survives, 28-21 over Northern Colorado. Weber might not be that good either. We'll talk about that a little later on as well. Montana, they uh, beat Idaho State 28-20. And then UC Davis beats Cal Poly 31-13. to Let's talk more about the Cats and the Grizz. Let's go three big things about the Grizz first. I thought the play of the game for Montana, it's obvious, but they had to call it. They had to do it, and they had to execute it. Montana was facing a fourth and two from about midfield. Uh, there was still probably like 12 minutes left on the clock, and... They ran a fake punt, and Travis Benham hit Garrett Graves for a 15-yard gain, and then the Grizz continued that drive, and they turned it into a touchdown, and that touchdown ended up being the deciding factor uh, in the game. It took the lead from 21-20 to 28-20, to to Then the Grizz got a couple stops. They forced a turnover on downs. Corbin Walker picked off uh, Jordan Cook, but I thought Bobby Houck's courage to call that exact uh, fake was uh, absolutely a key factor in Montana's victory. Here's Bobby Houck. And coach, the the fake punt was such a huge play in the game. So just just take us through the call. Yeah. Um, well, uh, we we're actually going to run it in the the uh, first half. We had two of them on the call sheet. I don't know if that's the smartest call, but uh, we went for it, and it's good to have some guts once in a while. And and it worked. It was a. It was well executed by those guys. Unfortunately, you know, Garrett stepped out of bounds. We had 15 more, I think. You know, we're back in our own end. Up one. I don't know. That's that's good job by those guys making that happen. Sometimes you got to show a little guts. I, I'm telling you, sometimes it's the little things that can be uh, launching points during your season. Montana doesn't get that, and Idaho State has another chance for midfield, and they go down and score, and they upset the Grizz. I mean. Now, all of a sudden, you're in a tailspin. But you win. And, I mean, I, again, I don't think you can make too much of just beating Idaho State because Idaho State's been the doormat of the big sky for a long time. But it's a heck of a lot better than a loss if you're the Grizzlies. Second big thing about the Grizz, the defensive backs continue to learn to get better at playing the cover, too. We're, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm in search of somebody. I'm going to get somebody because I understand defensive scheme and defensive coverage pretty well. But I want somebody that's a true expert at it to explain 
exactly what cover two is, but the Grizz are running a lot of cover two on the outside, and that takes aggressiveness but also recovery ability by the corners and also takes a symbiotic relationship with the safeties. Sometimes the Grizz are getting beat in, in the cover two. Other times they're making plays on the ball. They made plays on the ball when it matters, including Corbin Walker with what amounted to the game-sealing pick. Here's Walker following the game on Saturday. Corbin, can you tell us about the, the pick? They were thrown to the sideline a lot, and a couple of your teammates almost had one. What did you see, and how were you able to get that one? Yeah, they were throwing back shoulders all, all, all game. So uh, it was really just getting being good on the line and just seeing the ball thrown. And that. Corbin, just bouncing back with a win, I mean, how, how big was that for you guys just moving forward? Uh, I mean, the goal is to go one and all every single week. You know, we got to take our mistakes and learn from it and go on to the next week and get the dub. Third big thing about the Grizz, I think they found and perhaps refound the identity that they, I think, gives them the best chance to win, and then they leaned into it. I said all last week, the number one thing missing for Montana was they had nothing to lean on. If you've leaned on one of the great defenses in the country the last couple of years, you've leaned on superb special teams execution, well, then when the defense looks mediocre and the special teams is making mistakes like what happened at NAU when they lost 28-14, then what do you got to lean on? Well, the defense looked better on Saturday. The special teams execution was good, and I, I would actually say great when you hit a fake punt that basically is the deciding factor in the game. But more than anything, they found a semblance of identity on offense. Clifton McDowell's not going to thrill anybody. He's not going to, I shouldn't say he's not going to thrill anybody. Some people love the inside run game by the quarterback, including yours truly. But he's not going to wow you. You know, it's not going to be what so many spread attacks has become. But as Cody Hawkins said in his soundbite, he said, that's the biggest, most physical tailback in the league, and they just happened to snap him the ball. Well, then if that guy can go 13 of 20 for 160 yards, that's a pretty tough offense to, to stop. Is McDowell ever going to be a 25 for 32 guy for 312 yards and three touchdowns? I don't think so. But on Saturday, they got the ball to their playmakers. Junior Bergen had the first 100-yard game in the regular season by a Grizz receiver since 2019. And the first 100-yard game by a Grizz receiver, period, since uh, the playoffs last year when Malik Flowers had that 100 yard, 108 yards against SEMO. By the way, Andrew, I checked that. Uh, we were looking at regular season 100-yard marks. It's been since, uh, I believe, late in the 2019 season that a regular season Grizz receiver has had 100 yards. But we had a couple uh, century marks in playoff games. Malik Flowers, 108 yards against SEMO last year. And then, uh, of course, Samari Torre over 300 yards uh, against Southeast Louisiana in the 2019 playoffs. But my, my point is that if you're going to be able to have a plus one in the run game with Clifton McDowell, you're going to get Eli Gilman and Nick Osmo some touches and get get them going uh, in the inside run game. And then you're going to use Junior Bergen and Aaron Fonts in simplistic, but I think proper fashion by getting them the ball in space, getting it out on the perimeter quick. Now I think you have a little bit of an identity on offense. I'm not really ready, really ready to anoint the Grizz as some offensive juggernaut, but I think that if they want to have a, a chance to make a run at the playoffs and make a run in the playoffs, they got to go one way or the other. Early returns, at least, are that Clifton McDowell gives them the best shot. Here's Clifton McDowell following the game. We knew it was going to be kind of take what the defense gives us and a lot of four-yard, five-yard games just driving the ball down the field. Probably first time in a long time you've played a full game and even at the college level, just how are you feeling coming out of a game like that where you're 
throwing it 20 times and running it 20 times too. I just felt good getting the win. Clifton, that opening drive, just kind of getting your legs under you, running so much and throwing it a little bit, just what was that like? And you guys came out firing and scored right off the bat. Yeah, it felt very good coming out, scoring on the opening drive. I mean, I wish we could have scored a little bit more in the first half, but we went into halftime and made some adjustments. And here's Bobby Halk on being able to lean on his run game, especially down the stretch. Then you guys were able to close out the game in, in pretty impressive fashion. So, uh, I mean, what were the key factors? You guys ran the ball really well down the stretch. We did. Um, you know, they had, some, they had some things on offense that uh, were some chain movers that we were, we were struggling with a little bit. But when, when it came to it, we had pressure and, and made some plays. And then when the offense got the ball uh, in the second half, we, we took control of the line of scrimmage and, and made some plays. You know, we had, we had some pretty good plays, came back. Seems to be our way a little bit right now. But, um, you know, I, I thought that at halftime, our team did a nice job taking some coaching points and, you know, everything from go get the ball on defense and control the line of scrimmage on offense and then all the schematic adjustments. I thought our guys did a nice job handling that. That, that dynamic, having a quarterback like Clifton who can run, just how, how much can that throw defenses off and what would you like out of that? Well, you, you can get them outnumbered at times um, unless they guess right. And, you know, some of it's, some of it's read, some of it's not. Um, I think Cliff does a nice job with the with the read stuff. Um, it was nice to go set the tone for the game. Uh, I wish we could have continued it. You know, similar question for you, Coach. I mean, what, what were the key factors for you guys to prepare for this game, and, and what did you think of their ability to bounce back? Well, you know, we didn't have a very good performance last week. I mean, we, that's mild, least stated. Uh, so we needed to play assignment football. Um, do our job uh, their second scoring drive we had guys slide back into that world where they weren't doing their assignment and let things get away and but for the most part today we played assignment football and i'm proud of our team i, I like our guys bobby out here on the montana football hour probably presented by dazzler's car wash let's do three big things about the cats first of all boy state's pretty good actually from what i've seen I mean, I'll say it like this. I think Portland State is straight up better than Weber State, just based on watching the two teams back-to-back against the Cats. Am I crazy here, Andrew? No, you're you're not crazy. Jeff, of course, back here is saying Oregon doesn't think that. Well, right. I mean, Oregon's the number, what, seven team in the country? No, it, it's completely fair. I've been talking up Dante Shashere for, I think, over a year now here. I think he's got a lot of juice. And it's just the, the thing that we're talking about with that Portland State team. They're going to have guys every year, and, and they've never really been objectively bad That's right. the last couple of years under Bruce Barnum. That's right. And as Barney said, he wants – now that the big sky might get – I mean, they're going to get five teams in, maybe six. If the dominoes fell, maybe seven. I don't know. But what if Portland State could be that team? Portland State's schedule sets up. They they already won against Cal Poly. They lost to Montana State, but they still have Idaho State, NAU, um, and Northern Colorado coming up. And, I mean, the game against the Grizz in Portland the second to last week of the season, that might also be a game that has playoff ramifications. The Grizz are certainly going to have to take, take, take that game seriously. Brett Vegan also thought Portland State was pretty good. 
but you think of the contain of Dante and, uh, and Greg that they had? Yeah, it was hit and miss. Um, you know, definitely. I, I think, and, and, and quite, you know, honestly, you, you expect them to make some plays. You just don't want to give up the big one. I, I know we gave up uh, two longer um, touchdowns to uh, Sasha Ray, um, and then we couldn't tackle, was it Quincy Craig? He's at 17. Like, we couldn't tackle him to save our lives. So um, they're good players. So I think that's that's the thing you look at. You, you know, um, good players in space force you to do things um, a little bit better than we did today, honestly. Um, you know, and then I think we did a better job in the second half, but, uh, you know, I think credit goes to them, and then we got to just get better in, in those uh, those uh, space situations where we guys were facing some good backs. Good backs, good quarterback. They certainly had Montana State on skates in the first half, but then the tackling definitely improved, which is a great reaction by Montana State. When you get one of your starting inside linebackers and Nolan Askelson tossed for targeting, you got another one, and Daniel Yule is already out with a suspension from targeting from last week. Now, all of a sudden... Okay, McKenna Riley plays a bunch. He's like they play three inside guys, even though their scheme only has two. So they have like three starters. O'Reilly, Askelson, and Eula Capa, they all play equal snaps, basically. So it's not like O'Reilly's a backup coming in. I mean, he he's been very productive already. And he was great on Saturday, but then Cole Bullock has to rise to the occasion as well. That is a backup stepping up. But I thought the Cats tackled a lot better in the second half, and that was the key uh, to them shutting down Portland State's uh, offense. Second big thing about the Cats, they could just bludgeon you if they make the right adjustments and, and uh, their quarterback's getting loose, which Sean Chambers did again. He went for over 100 yards on the ground for the second week in a row. No Tommy Mallott, no problem. Chambers has been a player of the week candidate at the very least when it's his been his job stem to stern. And he's been the, the Big Sky Player of the Week twice and the National Player of the Week once when he's the lone guy under center there at MSU. So he is more than a capable signal caller there for the Cats. When they got the running backs rolling, the offensive lines firing off the ball, and, and Chambers is running downhill, they're tough to stop. But if they get their tight ends involved in the passing game like they have the last two weeks, look out. Trayton Pickering had two touchdowns against Weber State. Derek Snell had two touchdowns against Portland State. If the tight ends are part of it, Montana State's offense is quite literally unstoppable. Here's Brent Vegan on the tight ends in the run game. Conscious effort to get them more involved. Um, you know the way teams play us. They're uh, you know if you want to pile it in there, those two are both good to to get on the perimeter. A lot of, most of those those pass plays were of, of that nature, where um, you essentially kind of suck the defense in, and you get Derek or Trayton loose on uh, you know a little short pass, and then they can run with it. So um, you know I think that's part of part of our offense that uh, didn't show up a lot those those first couple games, but I think we'll continue to because those two guys need to touch the ball, and it was good to see them you know to do it today. You guys got going really well in the second half, running the ball. I think you had 232 in the second, 83 in the first or whatever. Was there something you guys saw out there, or what, what do you think sparked that? Um, no, I, I think it was things we probably missed in the first half more than it was changing anything. Um, you know, we didn't score a touchdown. We were inside the five. Uh, we had to kick a field goal. Uh, that was 21-yard field goal. That was disappointing that we didn't we didn't punch it in there. Um, you know, and we 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 missed. We made some pass. Or we made some uh, plays in the passing game. We missed a few. We missed Jared. You know, wide open down the middle. Um, you know, among maybe a couple more. So I think it was just uh, all right. Some things we've been close on. Let's let's stick with it. Uh, O-line, keep blocking the way you are, and running backs hit it the way you're supposed to. And We joke at the Big Sky Breakdown. Skyline Sports, Brooks Duadas, contributor, uh, one of the co-founders of Skyline and one of the co-founders of the Big Sky Breakdown podcast. He's always screaming, 
throw the ball to tight end. We're always joking. We should just rename the podcast, throw the ball to the tight end. And Montana State's doing it. Derek Snell, one of the best tight ends in the country. Here's a couple thoughts from the Alaskan Assassin after a two-touchdown day in Montana State's win over Portland State. Yeah, it felt good. You know, you see uh, trading with those two last week, and then I had two this week. So it felt felt pretty good for the tight ends. A lot of yards after the catch, uh, both for you and him over the last couple weeks as well. Um, what do you guys, you know, attribute that to? Is that just some uh, big time? Um, work on some in the offseason, or what is that? Uh, what does it attribute to? Oh, that's just putting in the effort. Like, you you want to be doing those great things for your team, and that just comes down to effort. Um, I think Coach Walker gets us right with finishing, and, you know, we always talk about it, talk about finishing, and, uh, you know, that's what we did in the second half, too, as a team, and we went out there and and did what we wanted to do and came out with the dub successful. So, Derek Snell here on Nuanas Now. It's the Montana Football Hour presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. Third big thing about the Cats, I said last week they're just rolling. To be able to overcome the disappointments of their loss at South Dakota State but still be able to build on the near upset they almost pulled against the defending national champs. And then to shellac Stetson and Weber and then to get into a dogfight with Portland State and then completely dominate the second half and pull away, they have all the makings. They also have the attitude of what feels like uh, a championship team. I'm not ready to say that they're willing, They're ready to take the next step. And the, the next step, to be sure, is the last step. To ascend to the point where you're on par with North Dakota State and South Dakota State. Now, they very, they very well may be on par with the Bison this year. We'll see. But South Dakota State still a class all in its own. But it's still been impressive to watch Montana State where they're at. I think so much of it is the psychology, their ability to adjust, their ability to accept everybody's best shot, be ready for it, overcome the adversity if stuff doesn't go their way, and keep on rolling. Here's Brody Greeby, defensive end for Montana State, about that exact dynamic. Every week we go in and we try to – take the things that we did well the week before learn from them take the things that we did bad learn from it and then flush it because every week we're going to be playing a, a team in the big sky that's pretty talented i mean there's 10 teams deep in the big sky that um can go out there and play and give us a run for our money every week just because we beat weaver state last week doesn't mean that portland state's going to come up here and roll over for us um so we know every week that we're going to have to be, bring our best because um, they know that we're at the top and they're going to want to beat us, take us down, because that's a good story for them. So, um, yeah, just try to get better every week and um, don't let the past or the future deter or take us off our path. How do you guys manage the target on your back in this conference? I would say we just don't really think about it. Just go about our business. We always we say it all the time. It's about us. It's not about who's coming up here. Um, if it's Portland State or if it's the Grizz or whoever, it's it's about us how we play. That's going to determine if we win or lose. It seems so simple, but I truly think it is the essence of success in college football. Do what you do best, and if you do what you do best. It doesn't matter what the other team does. They can't beat you. It's what North Dakota State has built their entire program on. It's why NDSU's won nine national championships since 2011 and played the national championship game 10 out of the last 12 years. Montana State, their formula is simple. Outrush you, 
and take the ball away more than you give the ball away. Win the takeaway battle and win the rushing battle, and Montana State will have about a 90% chance of winning. If they dominate the field position battle and they're getting after the passer like they are right now, Cats are leading the league in sacks. They're averaging almost four sacks a game. You throw that in with dominating the field position battle, you're giving up only 15 points per game and you're giving up less than 100 yards rushing per game. You're going to be impossible to beat if you can replicate that on the biggest stage. We're a long ways from that, but it's been pretty darn impressive to watch the way that they've been able to operate these last couple of years under Brent Vegan. Montana Football Hour here on Nuan is now more right after this. ESPN Radio. Come on, it's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. <laughs> we always do this on Monday, the Montana Football Hour. We're going to start uh, debeefing it in the front end so that we can beef it up in the middle, do our three big things, and then have a little room on the end rather than just me telling you, hey, we're back, hey, we're going to break. But that's what we have to do today. Hey, we're back. Hey, we're going to break. If you missed anything in the first hour of the show, you can always find it on the Nuanas Now podcast, which is probably presented by Blackfoot Communications. Blackfoot Communications, helping small businesses. Fiber in-office networking. Visit goblackfoot.com. The M Store, where they're all grizz all the time. They have the new Clark Fork collection down there. University of Montana has new colors. Not full spirit colors yet, but branding for the university. If you want to check out some of that gear, visit the M Store in downtown Missoula, corner of Broadway and Higgins. And also, check out the MSU Bookstore. Best place to get blue and gold on game day or any other day. Anytime you're on the MSU campus, you can't make it in. Visit msubookstore.org. Hour one of the books, hour two coming at you. Monday afternoon, quarterback with Coach Marty. Marty Mornowick in studio to talk all things NFL. That's next. Keep it right here. ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia when you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore. You can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 